0: conventional wisdom on charter schools is that, on average, they're neither more nor less effective at boosting student achievement than the district schools with which they compete. There are some settings where they seem to excel, most notably urban areas with many students of color, but others where they fall short. But is this all that there is to be said about the performance of the charter sector nearly three decades after its launch? Or is that conventional wisdom, if not wrong, incomplete? I'm Marty West, Editor-in-Chief of Education Next, and my guest today is Paul Peterson, the Henry Lee Shattuck Professor of Government at Harvard and the journal's senior editor. Along with Danny Shaquille, Paul's the co-author of the new article, Charter Schools Show Steeper Upward Trend in Achievement Than District Schools, that will appear in the winter 2020 issue of the journal and is available today at educationnext.org. Paul, thanks for taking the time to talk.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me on the Education Next podcast.
0: So we don't typically have the same guest on the podcast twice in a month but you've been keeping yourself busy i guess in addition to the 2020 EdNext poll we discussed in august you've been working on this major new study of charter schools so let's start by helping listeners understand how this study fits into the broader literature on charter schools you write that most prior research has compared the relative effectiveness of the charter and district sectors at a single point in time, and that your study asks a different question. What exactly does it ask? And why is the answer to that question important?
1: Well, uh, first of all, I got to mention that uh, this study is done uh, jointly by Danny Shaquille and myself. And uh, I wish I could claim I had analyzed the 4 million observations. But I'm afraid that Danny did all the heavy lifting on the detail work, though we worked together very much on figuring out what the problem was and what the significance of the findings were. So uh, yeah, we're basically looking at the trends over time between 2005 and 2017 using the National Assessment of Educational Progress. So what we're trying to do here is to say, using the best available data, From the earliest point in time that information is available, which is 2005 until the most recent time, 2017, do we see any change in the performance of charters relative to districts? If you just look at them at one point in time, most studies don't see much difference, but nobody really has used this national data set to look at the trends over time. Who's improving at the more rapid clip?
0: So the data come from the National Assessment of Educational Progress, or NAEP, as you just mentioned. And you said that it's a very large data set, saying there are 4 million observations involved. But what are the other features of the National Assessment of Educational Progress that were useful for this purpose?
1: Well, the nice thing about it is they made this data available to researchers Uh, So that you can go in there and use all the background characteristics that's available with that data set to control for a number of characteristics of the students. So, you know, if one sector is changing in terms of its social background of the students, then you can't just do a simple-minded comparison between the two sectors. But if you have these background characteristics uh, then you can, you can start making more fine-grained uh, comparisons. So we can adjust for the ethnicity, whether it's African-American or Asian-American, Hispanic-American or white-American. And we have gender and free and reduced-price lunch uh, eligibility. And for the eighth graders, we have parental education, commute, computer availability in the home, number of books in the home that we can use all as uh, controls for socioeconomic status.
0: So you're not just going to be comparing the absolute level of performance in the charter sector and the district sector. You're going to be making those comparisons after having adjusted for the observable differences in the students that they serve. I guess the other feature of the NAEP data that you really take advantage of is that it's nationally representative, right? That uh, we have a nationally representative sample of the traditional public schools and also a nationally representative sample of charter schools. Most other research on charters, the research that the conventional wisdom is based on, has had to examine some subset of the, the national picture. Is that right?
1: Yes. And there are a couple of studies that have looked at trends over time. There's one in, uh, in Texas, and they seem to find some improvement in the charter schools in Texas over time. And then there's another study uh, the, the Credo study that looked at back in 2013 over a four-year period, and they saw, found some improvements in the charter sector in the 13 to 16 states that they looked at at two different time periods. So there's been a little bit of looking at the trends over time, but they've been relatively short periods of time or for just one state. So this is really the only t- Time that anybody has looked at the picture nationally, and as you say, it's a nationally representative sample. So, the NAEP data is really the best data available to investigate this question.
0: Now, when the NAEP first included charter schools in its sampling back in 2003, I believe, uh, maybe on a pilot basis that year, proponents of charters were disappointed to find that, on average, student achievement in charter schools was lower than what you saw in district schools nationwide. They were also, though, quick to point out that charter schools don't serve a representative sample of American students, they tend to serve many more low-income students and students of color. But that basic picture was of district schools outperforming charter schools on average. How has that picture changed over time?
1: Well, you know, that's what should not be surprising because uh, they. Charter sector is a much um, the, the minority population, which we know underperforms the white population, uh, is much more heavily represented in the charter sector than it is in the district sector. I mean, the district sector includes all these high flying affluent suburban schools and middle class schools around the country, uh, so that you know that you wouldn't expect if you didn't control for any background characteristics that you would see. Uh, the charter schools performing as well as the district schools. Although even back in 2003, if you only looked at African-Americans, there wasn't much difference between the two sectors. They were about the same. And even to this day uh, in 2017, if you just look at the raw data, the charter schools have caught up to the district sector, but on average, if you don't do any controls for background characteristics, on average, the, uh, the the kids in the district sector are performing at, at roughly the same as the charter school students.
0: So this raw gap in performance that existed in 2003 was there in 2005 at the start of your analysis has narrowed, in some cases closed altogether. But really what's special about your analysis is you're saying, all right, this overall gap closing How is it influenced by any changes in the composition of the students who are enrolled in charter and district schools? So what's the bottom line when you make that comparison?
1: Well, you know, you can do this analysis either controlling for these background characteristics or not controlling for these background characteristics. And we actually do it both ways. But I think to really understand uh, the significance of our results, you have to realize that we're doing all of the analysis in standard deviations. And so uh, we have to try to convert what a standard deviation means into something that people can understand. Uh, And we sort of look at the difference in the performance of fourth graders and eighth graders on this test. And when we do that, we come up with a calculation that a uh, one-third of a standard deviation, about one-third of a standard deviation is worth about one year's worth of learning. So one-third of a standard deviation is worth one year's uh, worth of learning between uh, ages. Uh, 9 and 14, fourth and eighth grade. So, when we do that, uh, we see that actually, if you look at all students and you just sort of simply look in an unadjusted way in math, you see that in the uh, charter schools, the improvements have been about two thirds of a student. Uh, worth of learning. And in the district schools, they have improved. They have improved about just short of a third of of a year's worth of of learning. So it's it's incorrect to go out there and say district schools aren't getting any better. They are getting a little better. whether and then if you adjust for the changing composition of the district sector they're they're actually improving uh, a little bit more uh, so you you do see some uh, signs of improvement at all schools but still the improvement at the charter schools is about uh twice that of the improvement in the district sector
0: so over this entire period from two thousand and five to two thousand and seventeen the rate of progress has been twice as fast in the charter sector as in the district sector. How does this difference compare across different student subgroups or different geographies? you break down the findings in different ways in the in the analysis what do we learn from those finer grain comparisons?
1: Well, I think really the headline finding from this uh, research is that uh, the uh, gains for african americans are about um you know two-thirds of a standard two-thirds of a year's worth of learning um more uh, gains and improvement in the charter than the district sector remember though i got a Explain, Marty, that we're not looking at any one student over time. We're looking at cohorts changing over time. So the kids who were there in 2005 were comparing to those who come in later years, as late as 2017. When you overlook the whole time period, you see that the gains for the cohorts who are African Americans it's 20% of a standard deviation or two thirds of a year's worth of learning, uh, uh, greater improvement in the uh, in the charter sector as compared to the district sector.
0: I think you. Also find evidence that the relative gains made in the charter sector are stronger in the Northeast of the United States. Is, is that correct? And if so, that seems to go along with what we've learned about the superior effectiveness of charter schools in some large Northeastern cities.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all the studies that showed that charters uh, are outperforming uh, the district sector are coming from the Northeast. Nearly all of them, not every single one, but th- that's where the bulk of them are coming from. And our data are perfectly consistent with that. It's not the same thing, but the stories are consistent with one another. We're showing that the improvements in the Northeast, which are serving the African American population disproportionately. The other side of this coin, however, uh, Marty, is that we don't see any big differences between the district sector and the, and the charter sector when you're talking about Hispanic Americans. You're seeing quite a bit of improvement, uh, about two thirds of a year's worth of, of, of gains in the district sector uh, among Hispanic Americans. And you're seeing about exactly the same in the charter sector. So it's not like either sector is doing that badly. As compared to white Americans, the it, it, Hispanic Americans are doing very well in both sectors. But the charter school advantage isn't apparent for this ethnic group.
0: Now, this is, of course, a purely descriptive study. and. Uh, one of the drawbacks of working with the NAEP data is that you don't get a lot of information about the specific practices that schools are using that could be responsible for these different trends and achievements across the two sectors. But as you think about it, what do you think explains the patterns that you're seeing?
1: Well, you know, we, these are very gross uh, comparisons that we're making by we, we do see gains in cities and not in suburbs you know we see bigger gains for disadvantaged students by ses we see the bottom group uh, in the ses distribution is making much uh, stronger strides than um than the top group so it seems like The charter model that works best is the model that is really targeting the disadvantaged student. And that's sort of the no excuses model that a lot of studies have shown uh, is, is the model that seems to be particularly effective for disadvantaged students. Now, we can't show that that's actually what's driving these results here, but our results are perfectly consistent with the with the no excuses uh, explanation that other people have uh, come up with.
0: Now of course over most of this period from 2005 to 2017 that you're looking at the charter sector was growing at a fairly rapid clip, experiencing sort of linear growth. Uh, that slowed down dramatically though at the tail end of your study and it's gone on to be much more stagnant uh in the past two or three years suggests to me that this improvement in performance in the sector that you're documenting hasn't been enough to generate sustained growth in the scale of the charter sector what do you think it will take to to do so to generate sustained growth
1: well you know i have um one of the research questions that's still out there that i think we can begin to explore we haven't done it yet but one question that's hanging in the air is, if the charters are really good, is that when they meet the most opposition to their expansion? We don't see a lot of opposition to charters in the West. They're continuing to expand out in the West in the mountain states, but we don't see that charters are particularly better than the public schools in the West, so there's there's no reason for the district sector to worry about the charters out there because students aren't learning anymore at the charter schools. In the Northeast, where charters are outperforming the district schools, the charters represent a much greater threat to the district sector and we're seeing uh, a response from school districts that and their employees, both, you know, it's not just the unions, it's employees and districts combining worrying about the intensification of the competition that they're getting from the charter sector. So ironically, the better you are, the more hostile your environment's likely to become.
0: That's certainly an interesting hypothesis. It suggests that the answer to my question, what would it take to generate sustained growth, is to not have a charter sector that's deserving of growth or worth expanding. And uh, So to some extent, I hope that your hypothesis uh, doesn't hold, or at least doesn't hold in quite as stark terms as you just presented it. But then I'll reframe my question is, what will it take to generate sustained growth of charters that are worth expanding?
1: Well, uh, you know, this is a tough question. I don't have an easy answer to it. Um, I think the, uh, the, the whole question of reforming the American educational system that's been on the table now for about 50 years. And, um, the, the, the strategy that's going to, that's going to transform this system. We haven't found that silver bullet yet. Uh, but I think charters are part of the part of the answer. You're, you're not going to get improvement unless you have competition. And so the charters are making it clear to other people that, African-American young people can learn. And I think that's the most important message that they're conveying to us.
0: My guest today has been Paul Peterson, senior editor of Education Next and co-author of Charter School Show, steeper upward trend in achievement than district schools, available now at educationnext.org. Paul, thanks for being
1: part of the podcast. Thank you, Marty.
0: You've been listening to the EdNext Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you use so that you don't miss an episode. And especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps us find more listeners and more listeners to find us.